You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everybody and welcome to Kapow the Pop Cultured Podcast. I am Jordan Lowe. My name's Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. We have headphones. <laughs> yeah. Two headphones. Two headphones and a microphone. Two turntables and a microphone. We got some new equipment we've upgraded. We've got that sweet mixer we talked about before. And uh we've upgraded a few of the mics, so we are giving this a spin. So Yeah. We got Cliff running the control board over here and we're uh, this might sound way better. You might not know a difference. I don't know. We're all, uh, this is new territory. <laughs> Quiet, you. I can hear every snark through my headphones. Yeah, who knew after all these two and a half years that Michael was right about the headphones. <laughs> Look, we I wish you guys could all see Cliff as our neon green or Carly's. Maybe. <laughs> I think mine are from 1992. Yeah, I think those look like a Christmas 2015. Yeah, it does say a lot about our choices in life and our headphones we wear. You got a, you got a two scoops on your microphone. (laughs) You got to call back people to remember. uh, Well, the ones I had, as you can see, I know you guys can see, but the audience can't see. It's ridiculous. Double bagging it. Gotta be safe. Um, no, the, the foam windscreen I, I have at home, I have several of them, but our cat that I've talked about oh, before yeah. keeps <laughs> finding them and like eating them. So this cat's I, the gift that keeps on giving. It, it really is. Thanks, mm-hmm. Seth. So <laughs> the, the ones I had, they're just cheap foam covers and the new microphone, they didn't, I didn't have one that fit. So I had to cut the top off of one. Stretch it on over to the backside, and then take the, what was left of the other one, and then put it over top of that. It looks like a 1980s, like let's get physical. Like yeah. you've layered your athletic socks. It's like and- avocado green and um, kind of orange. So goes with the headphones. We need to take some pictures of this new setup <laughs> oh to God. chronicle our evolution, <laughs> and that mic should be front and center. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are we doing today? I don't know if we if. We got any uh, new listeners or anything after hearing our big uh, musical performance podcast? Welcome. Uh, we talk about all kinds of pop culture stuff. Basically, we all just sit around and watch everything, so we like to talk about it. We're, uh, Michael's not here and he hasn't seen Black Panther, so I yeah. guess we're talking about Black Panther before he gets here. That worked out well. Yeah. yeah. He should walk in right when we start in a minute. <laughs> so, once you set us up here, Jordan. Yeah, so we'll just devote an entire episode, as we uh, have been wont to do in the past. Uh, This was a huge, huge movie in our world, and uh, I'm sure we're all dying to talk about it and debate it and review it and spoil it. So we're going to talk plot, we're going to talk beginning, middle, and end, we're going to give away everything. So if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, if you're the one who hasn't seen it yet, uh, save this for later. Um, But if not... Uh, tune in because I'm dying to talk about it. 
Yeah, I've actually seen it twice. Ooh. I saw back-to-back nights. How have you had time with all the editing you're supposed to be doing? I, well, it was a miracle. I didn't watch anything else all week. I'd, I went saw Friday and Saturday night, went to Black Panther both nights, and then the rest of the week I just kind of holed up in the editing room for uh, hours upon hours recording <laughs> music. Who, who did different people you went with or what? yeah friday night cooper wanted to go see it so my my son had a night off work he works at burger king um so friday night off doesn't happen very often so he, i knew he wanted to see he had this friday night off and i was like okay we'll just go to the show um the late show and catch it and then the it just so happened i had made those plans with him and then uh, my daughter plays volleyball on friday night and we ran into some into some friends and a buddy of mine, his daughter also plays, and I said something to him about playing, like, oh, hey, I think we're going to go uh, see Black Panther. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah. He's like, give me a call uh, tomorrow, and we'll go see that. And I was like, well, we haven't, I haven't done anything with him for a long time. Sounds like a good time, so I'll just see it again. I don't, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to go see it <laughs> right. again. So just I act surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, another of our tradition is to gripe about the theater where we saw it. Uh, I oh went, my gosh, I went yeah. to our local Odyssey Theater in Marietta on Tuesday night. They have their cheap $5 deal. So I waited all weekend, got through the weekend with no spoilers or anything. So people are getting better at that, n- mm. knowing not to post stupid stuff on social media. So good job out there. So Tuesday night, the 940 showing, there were maybe 10 people in the theater. Uh, the person two rows ahead of me was on their cell phone every 15 minutes. And then clear in the front, there were three children who were probably third graders, if I had to guess, unaccompanied wow. to a 940 showing. And then when I left the theater at midnight, they were running around the parking lot. <laughs> and as I'm pulling out, I see a minivan pulling in. I'm like, you're the mother. Yeah. <laughs> you are the delinquent you mother. The mother I should have, a, I should have words with you, but not, not terribly, not, not my worst movie going experience. So <laughs> great. I saw it. I don't know, a couple of days after it came out in that same theater, I'm sure. Which that's about, that's the biggest theater in there, Theater 5, and now right. that screen's got something on it. It's got, <laughs> I noticed, <laughs> I noticed it's got like a okay. stain in one part of it and stuff. I'm like, ah. Oh. I, I have, it's been a while since I've got new glasses, so you, you point out things that don't, I don't yeah, notice. I don't either. So I'm worried that I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. missing a lot in it's life. All, it's alright, it's just when it's like, you notice right away when they put up the full green screen preview, I'm like, okay, then something sticks out. For the most part during a movie, you don't notice that kind of stuff. Hmm. Anyway, so you did a video on our Facebook page and shared it around, uh, kind of giving a history of Black Panther in the comics. And I kind of, I, I'm, I'm interested for you to, you know, recap that for these. Well, not, not as much history as I wanted to. I kind of ran out of time in the, in the five minute video, but yeah, I have been rereading Fantastic Four. I've read the first 60 issues of Fantastic Four in the last few months and I, I'm just loving every minute of it, but I had read of course, Black Panther premiered in Fantastic Four number 52 in 1966. And that's right after the big Galactus stuff, Right. Correct? So I, in the video, I wanted to go over the run Lee and Kirby had within a year. They introduced the Inhumans. They introduced Galactus and Silver Surfer. Just a dozen issues in a row that are just Stone Cold classic. And then the last one of that run is the Black Panther showing up. And I, I was like, well, I'll mention that, and then I'll get into the topical stuff about about what it meant for African Americans 
and I ran out of time. <laughs> so I spent like four minutes like, and then in this issue, then this <laughs> happened, and it was really good. So I, I thought I, that topic probably needs a longer <laughs> discussion anyway, so now's a better time to get into it. So, yeah, I thought that topic deserved a little bit uh, more in-depth discussion. So I, I wanted to get into that because that's the, – the, the overtones of this movie were there from the start and what it meant to a whole culture. And we've, we're seeing news reports of, you know, uh, uh, well-known African-Americans buying whole theaters to show to children's groups and, you know, and, and social media posts and reaction videos of kids – I've seen several pictures of kids like staring up at the screen in wide-eyed wonder and like people just me- showing what that means. And that's easy like, yeah, that's cool. It's it's so easy to gloss over that, but especially rereading all these old comics, it really strikes you. Because I had always heard, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby are the you know, the Marvel was the forward thinking group. They were ahead of their time. Hmm. And I had all, all right, DC guy, just let, <laughs> let that go without, without comment. But uh, that's, that's what I'd always heard. And then I'd heard that Stan insisted in adding more people of color and pushing those boundaries. So I was like, when did that start? Cause Fantastic Four is the first Marvel comic. So I kept an eye out as I'm reading, looking in the background. Oh, there's a whole bunch of police running up. Well, they're all white. There's a bunch of news reporters. They're all white. There's a shopping mall. Everyone's white. Every human being in that book has white skin. And that generation, I can't even imagine. Because, you know, today we have tons of diversity in everything. Every kid's story, every movie, every cartoon. We have rainbows of people. And even in our generation... It was maybe more, you know, maybe the token character. You know, G.I. Joe would always have Alpine show up. And, you know, but it was still, they were portrayed. They were around. But just a generation before us, there was nothing. So if you were growing up then as a kid who wasn't white, I can't imagine feeling like, the, the A, this isn't for me. And B, where do I belong? Because there's nothing that shows what I can be. And again, watching all these old movies, uh, scratching off this poster we've been talking about for a while, uh, you know, you if you saw a black character, it was a butler, or it was you know some laborer in some of these movies from the 30s and 40s. So I, I just it was really striking, especially growing up. It, I said when we did, it's easy to forget that 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 you know in our childhood that was there was a push for that. It wasn't enough by far, but it had at least started. So, yeah, going through these Fantastic Four, I said there was one issue set in Africa, and it was, you know, bones through the noses, yeah. worshipping fire, not the most progressive thinking. Um, and it wasn't until, it was annual number three, so it had been around three years before Gabriel Jones showed up, who was in Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. So we had, you know, Gabe Jones had been around before Black Panther, but he was still just a soldier. He wasn't the star of any of the books or anything. So it was cool that, you know, they had integrated the military before the U.S. actually did. And we had Robbie Robertson in the Spider-Man books, who was, I think, a couple years after after Black Panther. But again, he, he was a, you know, he worked for a newspaper. He wasn't putting on tights and saving the day. So we, we're they started integrating characters, but Black Panther was the first time 
here's a guy in the suit who is he, his first appearance. He beat the Fantastic Four. He he is every, he is every bit as smart as Reed Richards and as capable as any other hero. And he pulls that mask off, and it's a black face. And that mean that meant something then, and it still means something today. So this movie, we've seen, we are how deep into the Marvel universe, and we've had a few supporting characters. Hey, a Falcon's cool, and you know, all, all, we, we've had diversity, but we haven't had the hero. And I, I there's, you can't convince me that's not important. Oh, and and the, the outpouring we've seen from the black community has proven that. It's ridiculous, like, that it is 2018, and it feels so groundbreaking for this to be happening right now, to have a movie with so many African Americans, like, carrying the movie. Like, it's amazing that we this isn't normal. And even to be set in Africa, how many movies are set in Africa, about Africa, with an African cast, like... It just doesn't happen. I I, I, did, I made some notes. I don't want to do a whole history lesson, but um, just to talk about how rare this is. Uh, 1947, there was a famous couple of issues, all Negro comics. Forgive me, but that was the, <laughs> the title of it. Um, it's the first known comic written and drawn by an entirely African-American uh, creators, and all the characters were African-American. So we had Lion Man, who was a, a, an African superhero protecting... A village in Africa, I believe, and there's Ace Harlem, a police detective, like a jive, jive talking, wow. jive talking Ace police. Harlem. Ace Harlem. <laughs> Man, why did I, why is that on my Twitter name? <laughs> so this was groundbreaking. You know, 1947, it didn't last long. They had no money. They didn't have any distribution, but there are, I don't remember how many issues it lasted, but it, you know, that's where it basically started. And, does anyone know the first African American character to headline his own series? Hmm. I'm gonna guess no, because it was Dell Comics. It lasted two issues. It was a western called Lobo, and it was a black cowboy, and it lasted two issues, like I said. Um, then I said we 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 worked in a few in the 1940s. The Young Allies had a character uh, named Whitewash. <laughs> who was that very, you know, like Will Eisner's The Spirit had the sidekick drawn very... <laughs> what is he doing in there? <laughs> Crashing plates around. Whitewash. What's, What's the term of the uh, stereotypical, yeah, like a minstrel show kind, mm, of, yeah, a kind yeah. of look to things. I was thinking Bing Crosby. Right. All slathered up in <laughs> blackface. Uh, the 1950s Atlas, which is what Marvel Comics evolved from. Uh, they published uh, Jungle Tales, and they had a, a, a series called Waku, Prince of Bantu, which is the first known mainstream feature starring a black a black guy. <laughs> starring a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. I know. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, the the the, the war books, Sergeant Command, uh, Sergeant Fury's Howling Commandos, 1963 is when Gabriel Jones showed up. Yeah, but before them, DC, Our Army at War, introduced Jackie Johnson and the Easy Company. Um, so, yeah, DC beat them to that. So, that was it. Before 1966, those were the highlights we could point to of, of black evolution. And then we followed it. 1967, Robbie Robertson and Spider-Man. 1969, Sam Wilson in Captain America as the Falcon. He's the first African-American because... Of course, T'Challa's African, so Sam Wilson is the first American guy. 
1971, the New Gods introduced the Black Racer, and then it wasn't until 1972 Luke Cage Hero for Hire came out, the first uh, starring role. It wasn't just a sidekick or a feature. Uh, then after that, Black Goliath showed up in Avengers and Storm in the X-Men throughout the 70s. And on the DC side of things, they introduced Jon Stewart as Hal Jordan's Green Lantern backup in 1972. And then Black Lightning was their first solo series in 1977, followed shortly by Cyborg and the Teen Titans. So the fact that I can basically point out every important black character for <laughs> half a century yeah. of comic books... You know, should tell you something that it shouldn't have taken the movie universe this long to get in on that. So I don't know, but I, I just I might be rambling, but I felt like that was you know some context to put this in. Yeah, I uh, I was at work and a couple more uh, or more uh, <laughs> veteran uh, women working there were asking me what. Um, you, uh, you know, well, I'm sure you went and saw Black Panther. I was like, yeah, and that, like, oh, what was it? Was it good? It's like, yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, so, uh, and it was just, it was almost cute how racist they were. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, they're, they're great people. I, I just think they're trying so hard. They, they, but they felt like yeah. it wasn't for them. You know, this isn't for us, right? Uh, I'm like, yeah, it's for everybody. It's, I was like, it's just like all the other Marvel movies. I was like, I swear you will enjoy it just as much. Uh, you know. Well, Hollywood is, a lot of times, is still kind of segregated. Yeah. You know, there's Tyler Perry movies. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's every once, you know, every Christmas, like a romance will come out with Nia Long and, and Omar Epps or whatever. And it's like, they're marketed to one audience. And white people don't really go see them, but they make their money back. And, very rarely are those like movies for everybody, and mm. this this definitely is. This is a blockbuster superhero movie. This is not a niche market. It's, I think it's the combination of s- such the cast is so you know heavily African American, and it's this African theme on top of that that they're just you know they're just hesitant to think they're going that, that it's for them and that they're going to get it. And things like that. I was like, well, this, I am doing my due diligence and duty to tell you that this is absolutely for everyone and you'll like it. Yeah. And that they have had to watch us in every movie all this time. And they finally have a movie that, you know, is representing they can see themselves on screen and you should go see it and, you know, support it and realize that, you know, it doesn't matter. Hey, I went and saw it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it for me and for Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so definitely encourage everyone to go see it and not be scared. I, I Not that I'm worried about nobody going to see this movie. <laughs> it has broke a bil- bazillion records. I, I'm not – I wouldn't even list. The only important record I know is that in the first weekend – it, it still made more money than Justice League did in its whole run. <laughs> so that's the most important right? Rub it in. <laughs> so it, it wasn't, in my mind, it, the, the political nature of it was more off screen. It's what it's meant and the people <laughs> it's inspiring. The movie wasn't terribly political. No. It wasn't preachy. No. Unless, unless you disagree. Well, I mean, the, 
bad guy. His are, are we spoiling from the beginning? Uh, yeah, Nobody's we're, voted we're gonna, since Larry, having, so we're not having a spoiler section. So this is yeah. just it. We're right. talking about the movie. If you haven't seen it, don't listen. We uh, um, yeah, Larry says we can say whatever we want. Right. Um, yeah, Killmonger is, you know, he's got a real magne- magneto feel, you know, to to him and. You know, I think I felt like he was a little, it was a little politic, you know. There at the end, I mean, the last couple statements were yeah. definitely, well, but. Real heavy, heavy, I, I liked them. I mean, I was yeah. good. I enjoyed the heavy handedness to it and stuff, but, but yeah, I can see, you know, that being considered a. But it yeah, but it wasn't the, the plot of the movie. No. And, and no. It wasn't how to teach us all a lesson. It was still a popcorn fun superhero movie. Oh, yeah. But it had layers that a lot of these movies don't. So if you want to dive into the politics, you can get that extra thing out of it. But it's not the only thing, you know, in the movie. So. I've got uh, the box office currently on what is today friday the 2nd yeah 704 million uh us dollars so yeah that's ridiculous tell us all about it jordan <laughs> i've been talking a lot <laughs> so we at civil wars where we left black panther uh, his father was killed he takes out the mantle and takes bucky back to wakanda and that's where we're left so I don't know. Were you expecting more Avengers references and more ties to the Marvel Universe? Or would- I didn't think so. No, I thought it, I thought I expected. I should say that it wouldn't be really Avengers heavy. I thought if anything, it would be at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just from the you know the trailer here, it pretty much yeah. tells you it's all in Africa. So yeah, it. It was pretty much what I expected. I thought they would keep to this this main story, you know, talking mm-hmm. about that. We got the past. I mean, I mean, it was d- definitely. Well, you didn't know exactly what was going on. You're seeing. I mean, it's well, so funny that it was Sterling K. Brown because yeah, they do that on that show. It's like you don't know who these people are. Right. You're seeing, you're going to find out later. You know, it yeah. Was, it was when they that's cast it. that. I just assume. Um, give me an actor that's done this before. Yeah. I was playing some, before we started recording. I was playing some too short for these guys. <laughs> I, was, I was I was so tickled at the beginning of that movie when they were playing in the trunk too short because they're in Oakland. <laughs> that's where he's from. I was like, this is the best. I was so on board. <laughs> now, there was something I noticed. Michael's not here, so I'm going to bring this up. There was something I noticed. I guess I didn't. In, uh, Civil War, T'Chaka, the older version of him when he gets killed. What's up with eye. the eye? He must have a glass eye. That's what I assume, but is yeah, that well, a... I didn't notice it till this movie, but it was yeah. very obvious that he either had a glass eye or it was just, it just didn't move. He could, he obviously <laughs> couldn't move it. Right. Yeah, I don't was that just a uh, something that came along with the actor? Or was that like oh, I, did they pick an actor because actor. of a actor. I really, character? I was kind of assuming it was for Forrest Whitaker. Anyone who was related, oh, yeah. had to have that lazy <laughs> eye, like like the like the younger actor who played young Forrest uh, Whitaker. Just he had it too. All this first. <laughs> of all this, hey, I love Forrest Whitaker. Crazy eye and all. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk more about people's eyes. <laughs> what about his face? Was it, was it the right? What's it, elongated? 
<laughs> and then what were the the group of women? The Dora Milaje is that how they pronounce it? I'm not sure. Sure. Mm. What a we had Michonne. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, which I don't know what her name was in the movie. Uh, Okoye. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know, but and Lupita Nyong'o, Nakia, and um, oh, there's one other girl. I can't. I don't know her name. Anyway, they were. It was Letitia Wright. Well, yeah, she she was his sister. I loved the way they treated him. All, all of them. They were just <laughs> totally not intimidated by him. It didn't matter. It was just like he's there. You know, they all had like a brother sister relationship with him, mm-hmm. and. They, it was just they were all on the same level. Yeah, right from the from the get go when Black Panther's on that first mission, and uh, she tells him, "Don't freeze." Right. And he's like, "I never freeze." That was wonderful. And then they brought it back around with the sister. Did he freeze? Because yeah. <laughs> I think that character of T'Challa could be kind of wooden in one note if he didn't have a supporting cast. So having these very colorful, interesting characters around him. You know, lessens the him having to carry the movie. Yeah, well, because he's very stoic and very serious, and I, I don't know. It wouldn't I don't know if he could do it just by himself. Well, full disclosure: when I, you know, was in my youth reading these comics, I I thought he was the most boring character. I mean, I seriously did. I didn't dislike the character, but I would never buy it. Or you know, he was in the Avengers mm-hmm. here and there, and I was like so bored. I. I've had I've heard people say that he's a much better supporting character in the comics than he ever was, to, you know, as the starring superhero. I mean, I'm sure that's just some of the writing and things how he was used. This was totally different, you know. Like he's saying, just having all these characters around him mm-hmm. and the richness to the the world and Wakanda and everything was just. Over the top great. He need, that's what that character needed was And he was, he was very good in Civil War too, playing on. Yeah. Cause he's not gonna quip with Tony and, and right. Spider-Man and, you know. You can't he, all be the wise yeah. cracking character, right? So it, he fit very well there and he fit really well here. I, I, yeah, I thought that all the casting in the whole movie was great. Um. It took kind of a turn though, as far as recent Marvel and the jokiness. There was very little. Yeah, not nearly as much in this film. Yeah, the sister, Shuri, was kind of the the only real one to make any wisecracks or anything. She's the, uh, what, what, um, the sister on Stranger Things, Erica, Mm -hmm. is that her name? She's the, (laughs) yeah. Shuri is the Erica of this movie. (laughs) She's that, we just saw announced that uh, Erica is going to play a bigger role in Stranger Things season three. And it, and this Shuri is the star of this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I loved her. I, I mean, I have such high hopes. The for sandal that scene I, was just, it took me out. Like, I, I, both times I, I saw it, I was cracking up. It took me out of the movie because it was so I'm funny. Well, um, she's going through her lab with, uh, Black Panther T'Challa <laughs> and, uh, showing, upgrade of equipment and stuff like that and uh she walks over and he's got these uh just basic black oh, yeah, yeah. sandals on and uh she she gives that what are those uh line out and she outfits him with uh some new some new sneakers that uh now that was totally supposed to be a back to the future reference with the i assume yeah. that much yeah and, and i mean this was 
such a, I listened to an interview with Ryan Coogler and it, it was obviously an intentionally, uh, James Bond type thing. The first, uh, scene is a mission that doesn't, isn't really referred to the rest of the movie. It's just <laughs> something that happened and then she's, she's basically Q, you know, the tech gadget gonna give him some gadget to use on his mission and she was just great. Like, as we see, uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. leaving, <laughs> you know, fa- being phased out of Marvel yeah. here soon. Well, in the comic, Shuri for a stretch takes over as Black Panther. I, so, and they almost I, did that. Yeah, that yeah. could. It easily, I loved when they were like, I was like, they're going to do that. Like, for a second, I really thought they were going to give her the suit or whatever, you know, and then, uh, and then they're like talking amongst themselves. <laughs> I mean, I, I may not remember it right, but it was almost like, we're not even, cons- we're not even gonna ask him. You know, we're deciding, yeah. all the girls were deciding how it was gonna go down, you know, and I just think, I, I, they could have easily done that, but you know, let's not throw everything into this movie. But I more see her as being the, the ne- being the next that bright Iron spot, Man. yeah. You know, I mean, she, she can be Marvel's new tech person, and I would, mm. I love that idea. I think, and, and I'm sure you know more about this than I do. The Ironheart character, right? Now I think is that's an African American girl character. Right. Riri Williams is like a teenager, okay, and super genius who built her own. She like retrofitted some Stark armor, found some stuff on the dark web, and like created <laughs> her own armor in her garage that rivaled Tony Stark. So that introduced a, a new. A new female Iron Man, as Tony has been AWOL for a while. Well, I can totally see them co-opting that and just doing it. You know, mm-hmm. making her that character, I, or however they. I would love that. I think she's awesome. The other one that really stood out for me was Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. I thought she was stunning in this movie. Like she is just beautiful. And at first, the only thing I could think of was. My God, Star Wars, why would you cover her up as Maz Kanata looking like a little orange raisin woman when she looks like that? Yeah, she looks out of this world. She could have, you know, she could have been her own race (laughs) in Star Wars. I I, I totally agree. Um, Well, that's a, again, might be a touchy subject, but there's a long history of covering up black actors. And, you know, in sci-fi movies, or, you know, Lieutenant Worf has to have a crazy forehead, and we paint, uh, Gamora, what's that actress's name? Oh, uh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. In half her movie, she's a different color alien, so there is, you know, film criticism that has, has, uh, has yeah, even LeBar Burton in right. Star Wars, he had that visor, so. So, yeah, not or Star Trek. Yeah, not everybody's Lando Calrissian. So. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I love the whole, uh, face off that, you know, that, that they would have to do in the water and clearing the, uh, waterfall to have it. I, I mean, I don't know whether this kind of stuff is in the comics at all or if it was writ- written in. It is, yeah, Black Panther, it's a role that's passed down, but it's, it's not a straight up Monarchy, where the son, you know, the son has to be worthy, kind of like Thor. It's a, it's, it's, it's a title that he possesses, but if he's not up to it, someone else can take over. So that's that's been in the comics for quite a while. 
Yeah, that, that stuff was all good. Let's talk about Killmonger for a minute. The Michael B. Jordan is awesome. You know, I mean, and he, I love, I loved everything he did in this movie. Um, that first scene in the museum. Yeah. When he sees that mask, he's just like, I just dig it. I'm just taking it. I just dig it. And that's, you know, I've seen that in the comics, like, uh, his character wear that type of mask. Yeah, that was referenced from. I couldn't tell you where, but that's from the books. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was that was all good. I I said as our number one criticism with any Marvel movie is usually the villain. Yeah. And I think both villains here, Claw and Killmonger, are great. Mm-hmm. These are the best two villains. You know, either either villain could carry a movie by themselves. I think so. Yeah, I I I don't want to overlook Claw because he is Black Panther's like arch nemesis. Hmm. I assumed we had more to go with him. So as that scene's going on, they're exchanging bullets. I'm like, well, he's going to get out of this because there's no way they're going to. Oh, he's dead. Hmm. Like I was I was really shocked they killed him off that yeah. early, especially because Andy Serkis was every scene he was in was just oh, like, yeah. oh he Black tore it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the. Uh, I mean, there's really only a couple white guys in this movie. Uh, yep. Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. And I love the quote the saying they were the Tolkien white guys. <laughs> 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 when you had Bilbo. And, uh, I gotta say, one scene took me out of the movie because I just got in my own head and started chuckling was when they're, they're breaking out the thing out of the museum and mm-hmm. the axe. And he goes full Yukon Cornelius on it and like sniffing it. <laughs> Vibranium! <laughs> ah, nothing. That's great. Uh, but yeah, anyway, his motivations, Killmongers, were good. Sympath- you could sympathize with them. You knew what he was, tra- he was basically, you know, standing up for his race and, you know, how they'd been beaten down and this is their technology and their stuff and mm-hmm. he wants to you know he has a lot of pride and I you can totally sympathize with that it, you know obviously he wants to take it too far but yeah all the people from Wakanda grew up with no worries and no wants privilege and privilege yeah. yeah and he had to open their eyes and I, what they did was probably wrong abandoning him like you can see his point. I don't know. I did I the later on in the movie when I, I I I'm these final battle scenes and stuff like I I'm getting a little wore out. Well, you know? that was this was the only the final big battle between Killmonger and Black Panther was I I've heard this from a lot of people. It was the worst part of the movie. It did not fit. Like you have this beautiful African setting of Wakanda with the sunsets and all the stuff going on, and we choose to be in on a subway train or oh, track. No, we are on a literal underground railroad. <laughs> that's gotta be that's gotta be something. They didn't. I, mean, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, um, I was so. <laughs> looking at the bad CGI, yeah. the cartoonish. But that's, that really and bothers that, me because it's so everything else is great about it. their fight. You know where he wins it from him. You know in the water. Yeah, that was a magnificent. You know exactly why. Why we have something so great, and then we end up in that Wonder Woman ending. 
in the <laughs> dark. See, you know, it's always got to be dark because it's the easiest way to do CGI, and yeah. it still is not good. And and they're both in those boring Black Panther suits. I don't like the costume. I, yeah, I'd love to hear Michael's take on the design aesthetics, yeah. but yeah, I that just one's one color and one's the other color. I just that that seemed. Yeah, that's yeah. the weakest part of the yeah. movie. You're, yeah. you're right. I, I just it needs said that so I wish they could find a way to not have every one of these superhero movies have to have mm-hmm. a scene. You know, uh, uh, basically the third act is always everybody is everywhere fighting. Right. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Wonder Woman because I just saw it a second time. Yeah. I only saw it in theaters once, so I just rewatched it and I re-listened to our review of it, and I thought, wow, my review of Black Panther is going to be very similar. Like it didn't have to be that good to be socially important, but it was luckily. But it kind of fell apart by the end. So like, my my takeaway of Wonder Woman is very similar right. to this. I one. totally agree. They are <laughs> very parallel in uh, with their message. You know, they really are making strides, like Wonder Woman did for women. This does for African Americans, and getting this more out there in in the pop culture. Um, but but yeah, so it had it had a couple weak points, so, but. Oh, Far and away, it was still a solid Marvel movie. And just while we're talking about the design and things, like that's the other criticism of Marvel is how colorless it is, how bland it is, and the I think the Ooh, not the look, this movie. No, the look of Wakanda was incredible. The costumes, the makeup, just really, really nice. So we're, we, I assume, I mean, it seems pretty obvious. We, we've seen previews for Infinity War. And that this is gonna, there's gonna be some sort of fighting on in Wakanda. This obviously, I I use the term loosely, but obviously the Soul Stone is in this meteor, right? We're gonna send a rhinoceros after they knows. I mean, this is the only stone that. Yeah, there's still a stone uncounted yeah, for, and we soul, didn't. The, yeah. And the soul stone. I mean, come on, <laughs> that seems pretty on the nose. That the, the, the soul is gonna be some soul. Maybe, maybe that that train track they find on was a soul train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, you know, it. We find out at the very beginning of the movie that the meteor comes down, and this is what gives them their vibranium, and it's like so. It's gotta be in that meteor. Called it. You heard it here, folks. Go out on a limb. Um, But yeah, this this movie did a good job setting up Avengers, not in any plot way, but or a uh, you know specific plot way, but in uh, you know forcing Black Panther. There's no reason for Black Panther to go hang out with the Avengers until they open up Wakanda's borders and he realizes he has a bigger fight to fight. So in the thematic way, it leads to Avengers. I was a little disappointed, you know. Oh, what's Captain America up to? What what's going to happen next? But we didn't get that. But we got a logical reason for Black Panther to be in the midst of this fight. The only other big thing we probably haven't hit on yet is um, the fifth tribe. The was was it Man Ape? Is that who he is in the comics? Yeah, that's a character Baku. from the comics. Yeah, he's supposed to be based kind of on that character, but I don't know anything about him. I didn't either, and I had seen some stuff online 
people talking about, oh, them redeeming this character that I'd never heard of. So I didn't know if this, if, if he was a big character in Black Panther comics or. Uh, I'm not as far as I know. Okay. Just a, a name you hear or a punchline that Deadpool will bring up, you know. So who's going to be the bad guy next time? You, I mean, yeah. like you said, it was a surprise that these guys got killed off. Well, I, they I went all see. DC on it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see them bringing Claw back in some way because in the comics, you know, Claw is a being made of sound who can create solid sound constructs, basically. And I could see, you know, with the futuristic technology, you know, we just saw his body. He was dead, but, you know, Wakanda can do, work a lot of miracles. Mm. So <laughs> I could see him coming back as a not hu- quite human character if they wanted to go that way. Right. But, or you could just kind of, cause again, you know, he, he, you know, in the comics <sighs> or I forget how they said in Civil War, uh, he, yeah, he killed his father, right? In Civil War. Or yeah. Planet of the Bomb? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, in the comics, he, he kills T'Chaka. He is Black Panther's arch enemy. Like his, it's, it's his, you know, Lex Luthor or whatever. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm shocked that they'll keep making these movies without the main, main bad guy, so. But even, you know, I, Killmonger was the, you know, even more interesting to me. And, right. that, you know, it's like. The very personal villain. Yeah, I was shocked that in the way he died mm-hmm. and, I hate to see that character just be gone, but yeah, that I mean, I mean, I mean that he's not coming back. It's not Michael B. Jordan is too. Yeah, he's out too there big now. Of a star, yeah, you know. But I mean, whatever these guys, you, we've all seen it, seen it online. It was like, just think, uh, him and Chris Evans, the Human <laughs> Torch, you know, yeah. beginnings they came from, <laughs> yeah, to now be these huge stars. That's what you do, you cut your teeth on some crappy Fantastic Four movie, and then yeah. you move up. I want to play the next Human Torch, and see where <laughs> my career goes. Oh, uh, so I don't know whether like yeah, maybe like Daniel Kaluuya, his character, you know, could be bigger in the next movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be in it. I really liked that character in the first half of the movie because it was that kind of pushing force to he he disagreed with the king. Yeah. And then he just like switched to almost evil. Like, well, I I, I yeah. can't buy him attacking his homeland and mm-hmm. it was just too easily he seemed too loyal and too good of a friend to turn yeah. that easily. Even if he disagreed with it, right. I can imagine it coming to an attack. And then his wife being on the other side. Yeah. That seemed kind of tacked on. I don't know. Well, I got it. Uh, except, you know, the end, like, they're going to... Basically, you know, they choose to share this technology with the world, supposedly. Yeah. And, you know, not hoard all all of this on Wakanda in their utopian society. That's like, we can help people in the world. You know, doing their part, and that you know that's interesting. And to mm-hmm. start right there in Oakland, back yeah. there where it all you know started, and help those people first is a great, great idea. Um, Which inspired a real life situation I saw. I don't know Go where I think I want to say Disney, but that may be incorrect. Is opening oh. a what? <laughs> is opening <laughs> a uh, like a STEM center or something they called it in Oakland. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of. Cool. Serve a similar purpose, so cool synergy. Hmm. Um, 
That's just like, Walt Disney, you did it again. Yeah. You always like to end. Walt Disney. <laughs> I'm sure it's like cryonic research to bring back yeah. frozen heads. <laughs> right, yeah. So you got some of that Wakanda tech and uh, revive some frozen heads. But there's heads. some talk, you know, that, that this technology will break the world, you know, the the universe as far as storytelling here. We, you know, we can't have all this technology come out. These people are, you know, it's some amazing stuff going on in Wakanda. Yeah. That's not going to work. So I'm sure that Infinity War is going to put a stop to a lot of this. You know, there's going to be bigger things happening. They may not be able to spread the the wealth around like they yeah. want to. Well, we're going to find out sooner rather than later on that. So right yeah, anyway. that's such a great uh, backbone to this is power and responsibility. The whole Marvel ethos of you know, we we have this amazing technology, and we're being selfish with selfish with it. But we can't trust everyone to have it. It's too powerful. So it's that push and pull of: Are we not doing enough? Are we doing too much? And that's a good. You know, you could argue for hours about the themes uh, that that theme specifically. If you don't have anything else, let's wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I just like yeah, I did just want to say again. You, you mentioned Riri Williams, the Ironheart, and I, I wanted to go on record of anything. If I've ever said anything before about those kind of characters and the way they're shoehorned in the continuity, I want to take all that back because I have come. I have changed my mind on any of that because I think back the characters that we knew as kids. I'm sure were shoehorned into stuff, you know, sticking in new versions of this character and that character. And origins get retold that, you know, after decades, we forget how silly the origin was and we just accept them. So I think bring in characters like Ms. Marvel, the Muslim girl, Riri Williams, a young African-American who was interested in the sciences. Like I, I read a letter from a young girl who like in her high school wanted to take um, engineering classes and always felt kind of an outcast and like a nerd and it wasn't her place. And she wrote in like, oh, when I saw Riri in her garage with a soldering iron, that really spoke to me. I was like, that, that girl now has a hero and that's awesome. So I don't care how tacked on, how shooed in, how, what kind of token representation, like that these characters exist is great. And Tony Stark will come back at some point. We'll always have Tony Stark. So. Let the other people shine for a little bit and make the world wider and let everyone have a hero they can root for. So I, I, we, again, we have that, we have that privilege that we have hundreds and hundreds of heroes to pick from. If I don't like this guy, I'll take that one. And how dare you shoehorn in on my character and I want to read Tony Stark every month forever. Well, other people need those choices and chances too. So that's, that's where I stand on it. I'm never going to badmouth again. Working in one of these characters, even if it's a obvious kind of silly origin to get them there, I think them being there is more important. So, yeah, I, that's I my think, soapbox statement. Yeah, well, I totally agree. I'm, I'm, I'm so I feel the same way about let's move forward and give all this representation. But then I also, you know, we're you know we cut our teeth on this stuff. I like my cap to be Steve Rogers, and that's that's the most interesting to me. It's most personal to me because that's who I you know that was the guy I connected to you know when I started reading comics. But I'm I don't have a bit of a problem if the, you know in the movies when they move away from Chris Evans if it's you know 
I can't even remember his name. Guy who plays the Falcon. Anthony Mackey. You know, if it's Anthony Mackey or if, you know, if they go with Sebastian Stan, whatever they end up doing, you know, it, it's going to speak to somebody. So I don't own this. I guess what I'm saying. We, yeah. We, we, we've all, we've got whatever we wanted forever, <laughs> you know, so whatever they choose to give, you know, somebody else gets to be representative of that time. And me having a tiny fraction less, meaning someone else can have a whole lot more, I'll take that trade any day. Right. All right, that's a good place to end it. Okay, so plugs. Uh, you can find us at www.udamwithkpp.com. Also, we are at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter. Find us on Facebook under Kapow. Um, Jordan? Uh, many great comics starring the Black Panther and all your favorites at Asylum Comics in Marietta. <laughs> you threw that Full in. Full service. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I am the shill Jordan Lowe. And I, on a vibranium rhinoceros I ride, I guess, I'm Cliff Barnes. I got play us out with some, some too short here from Black Panther. I'm Ace Harlem. Wakanda forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. And we're out.